The Missouri State High School Activities Association is an association of member schools that is self-governed. That governance structure has a rhythm about it that is annual. Every spring in the month of April, we put a ballot out to our membership so that our schools can vote on important topics that have to do with our governance through our bylaws. Additionally, we have a questionnaire that happens before that ballot comes out to give us more input on how we should write those questions so that we can get to the important opinions of our member schools. In January, prior to those two pieces, our executive staff goes out to each of our eight board districts, one host site in each of those districts, and we conduct a meeting where we bring many of the issues that we plan to bring to the membership in the ballot, but also other issues that the board of directors is considering to gain feedback from the membership on those issues. We bring to you the area meeting topics that we are presenting and discussing at each of the eight board district area meetings. So if you've attended one of those meetings and want to rehash any of those topics, this is your opportunity. If you weren't unable to attend any of those meetings, this is your opportunity to hear maybe a summary, maybe without the the discussion among the member schools of all of those topics. And if you are not a member school at all or affiliated with the member school, but you're curious about what topics are kind of on Misha's plate right now, you're certainly welcome to listen to this and maybe you'll learn something. In this episode, we're going to be discussing a few more topics past those that we discussed in episode one. We are going to be looking at our officials rating system. We're taking to the membership that we think we should eliminate that rating system. We'll talk a little bit about why. We want to talk about emerging and provisional sports. Boys volleyball will be going to a vote of the membership this spring, and we want to talk about some of the considerations that our schools might have for that. And then I want to let you know about an online officiating course that is going to be it's going to be out there for our schools to have access to, and we're pretty excited about the opportunities on that. So these are the topics that we'll be discussing here in episode two. For a number of years, our coaches, especially in all of our team sports, those sports with officials at every contest, have been required to rate each official on a scale of one to five, one being best. Those ratings have been required by the end of the season, and they have been compiled. We keep those in the office, and those ratings have been used as some of the data that helps to inform our decisions on postseason officials' assignments. Who gets to work in the postseason and what games they work. Now, the what games, as far as the rating system, it's the who gets to that the ratings really come into. And then the actual assignments of the games, we look at other data on that. We have determined that this system, although it's it's clearly flawed, that it's probably flawed enough that it is, it's time to get rid of that system. There are a number of reasons for that. We believe that that year-old data, we, we don't use data that is current to this year, partially because coaches have until the end of the season to get all that taken care of, and we need to assign officials for our postseason before the regular season is over. And then this concerns for the validity and reliability of the officials' rating system. There are both issues with a coach going immediately after the game and rating the official based on all kinds of different factors that could could color that coach's view of the situation. And just as many issues as a coach going back, you know, in February, late February, to rate an official from a game in December. 
their memory of that and having having an accurate view of how they officiated that particular game. Maybe even the fact that that official they could see that official multiple times again since that game. And, and are they actually going to be able to give an accurate rating for that? And, and when we're talking about quality of officiating, the coach's view is the coach's view. It's, it's a valid view. But we're not asking, are they a good official? We, we are asking, are they a good official? And, and whether the coach can accurately or even, even objectively determine that is, is a question. While we still want coaches' input on postseason officials, we have to be very careful in looking at this game-by-game rating system in the fact that our game-by-game rating system is not super reliable. So we are looking at... Eliminating this, taking this completely off the the coach's plate, this rating system off the plate. We've had fines for schools who don't get it in on time. Our office is very interested in getting these ratings in because they are required. So we spend quite a bit of time ensuring that schools get these finished. And we're looking at using other methods that we believe are reliable and valid in order to do our postseason selections. So we're going to talk to the membership about this. Kenny Seifert, who is our assistant executive director in charge of officials, has really done a lot of thought and research on this, and we're excited to talk to the membership about this issue. We also are looking at, I'm going to go ahead and, and roll in right here. We're going to be looking at, as we continue to address the officials shortage issue, that's a na- nationwide shortage, and I will say that Missouri is actually we are in better shape than many states. We do not have a lot of games canceled because of lack of officials in our state. It happens, but not at the rate it's happening in other states. But much of that is due to the efforts of Kenny Seifert in our office, as well as our local officials associations and a number of people who have really done a lot of work to try to help the recruitment and retention efforts of our officials. One area we really have been looking to focus on is capturing kids, students in high school who have interest and maybe even some expertise in these sports to help get them started officiating at at a young age while they're in high school. And we have a number of schools in our state who offer officiating courses in in their schools that are doing great work with getting these kids ready to officiate, really at the sub-varsity level at this point, but as they move into their post-high school lives, whether that's college, career, military, those kinds of things, they are finding that this is a great side job for them, and they are growing in their ability to officiate, and we're trying to capture them while they're in high school, and perhaps give them, you know, if they can take it as a course, college credit for that. So we have this opportunity with a company called Ref Reps, and they offer an online video-driven officiating course for a number of sports that is just really impressive. And so I'm not the best salesperson for it, but I can tell you that that our office is really excited about this opportunity. And we're going to be having some schools pilot this situation in the next year to get kids started in this in these courses and get them into the officiating rosters. So we're going to help out by helping those students with their registration through the Missouri State High School Activities Association. We're going to give a little bit of a discount to these schools who are getting things started with these students, and we're excited about their, where this might go. So Ref Reps is thing we're excited about starting with our high school students in the state of Missouri. 
We have a definition in our bylaws called an emerging sport or an emerging activities. These sports and activities do not follow all of the bylaws that our interscholastic sports and activities do. They're growing sports, they're growing activities, or at least that's the idea. They're emerging. That's why we use the term emerging. And there is a pathway out of them to come to interscholastic. And so that's what we're going to be talking about here, that pathway and one sport that is on that pathway. Boys volleyball. They moved in this school year, out of emerging status into what we call provisionally interscholastic, which is the area between emerging and interscholastic. So in order to move from emerging to provisionally interscholastic, you must have 50 schools or more in three or more board districts who register to play that sport. Boys volleyball has that. They had that in the 21-22 school year which kicked them into provisionally interscholastic in the 22-23 school year, which means that they will be considered by the membership by a vote in the spring of 2023 on whether they'll be interscholastic or not. So the question is, why wouldn't you vote to make boys volleyball interscholastic? Well, every school has a different reason for that. There's an allowance in our bylaws to allow for only those schools who are registered in boys volleyball right now to vote, and that's what we're going to do. So current boys volleyball schools will be voting on whether or not that sport goes interscholastic. If it kicks it into interscholastic, all those sport bylaws that all of our other sports have to follow now will be in place for boys volleyball. And I think one of the biggest issues that the boys volleyball schools will be considering is the fact that they currently have two classifications in this club sport. And when it comes to interscholastic, if the numbers stay at or close to where they are, they will only be in one class. And so that will be a a big change for boys volleyball schools. So we want to educate the membership on that. And then we also have Title IX implications. And while club sports really are part of Title IX calculations, it's a little bit different when you look at the interscholastic sports. And so when you're adding a boys sport in the vast majority of our co-educational schools, they have greater participation among boys than they do girls. And it is a school's responsibility by the federal Title IX law to offer equal opportunities for boys and girls. So this question of if you add a boy sport, which will be adding participation among your male students, what is that doing to your compliance for this federal law? So we as an association, while we are not an educational entity, which means that we are uh, we must follow Title IX, our membership is made up of all kinds of educational entities who must follow Title IX. As an association, we are duty-bound to help our membership be compliant, if at all possible. So when we are looking at potential for adding a boy sport, we want to also look at, are we in a position where we could potentially add a girls sport soon thereafter? And as we're looking at the possible sports to offer, there is one that is getting quite a bit of, of attention nationwide, and that is stunt. Stunt is a sport that is an outgrowth of cheerleading, and nationwide it is a spring season, and it's a quick capture for schools who are looking to improve their Title IX compliance in that cheerleaders cannot be counted toward 
Title IX compliance because cheerleading is not considered a sport. This is not just a Missouri thing. It's a nationwide thing. It's tied to some Supreme Court decisions. Oftentimes in your school, you have a number of female students who are cheerleading. But you can't count them as participating in athletics because they're cheerleading. But if they cheer during the fall and the winter seasons, if you had stunt, they could be athletes by the definition of participating in a sport by the spring season. So this is a quick capture of students who are already participating and they could be in a sport. So we will help to to just kind of help our member schools understand what is stunt. It's actually a four-quarter game with two teams. And each quarter has a different focus area where they're looking at different skills in each quarter. And there are judges and there are scores. And it's very much like a, a game. So I encourage you to, to look up resources about stunt. And stuntthesport.org is a great place to start. If you are interested in learning more about stunt and perhaps offering a sport for your cheerleaders in the spring, this is something we are we're looking at and potentially we'll add it as an emerging sport just to see what kind of interest there is among our member schools. This has been Misha All Access. I'm Dr. Jennifer Ruckstad, Executive Director, and we really appreciate you listening to us. Maybe you subscribe to a lot of podcasts, or maybe you've never done that, but I want to encourage you to consider subscribing to the Mission All the Access podcast because it's going to help keep that next episode kind of right in the top of your podcast list. So consider subscribing. It also helps us with our analytics, and, and the more folks subscribe, the, you know, the more buzz that gets out there that we, we have this podcast. So consider doing that with your favorite podcast provider.